8.02 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Should also add that hour three of the program, which is now underway, Dan Murphy from Sportsnet is going to join us from Denver in just a couple moments here. Hour three of the Halford and Bruff show is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Do we have Murph or are we waiting on Murph? Murph's He's gonna, an 805 man. Uh, I thought that was just when he was at home, but apparently that applies to road rules as well. Murph's always got a standing 8 o'clock appointment. So at 8.05, he'll be joining us. Uh, Canucks, Avs, tonight, 7 o'clock from Denver. A reminder, pregame show and the call. You can hear it all right here on Sportsnet 650, your home of the Canucks. Uh, post-game show as well. You'll get to hear it all right here. Uh, it stands to be a fairly large challenge for the Canucks as they embark on this three-game road swing, which is short in nature and compact at the end because they go Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back with Vegas and San Jose. But uh, one, quality of opponent, and two, the dire straits of this team as it gets closer and closer to American Thanksgiving, it just it feels like a potential tipping point type trip. That's just me, though. The Avs have a lot of injuries, though. They do. I mean, we just talked to Connor McGahee about that. They're missing some really key players. You're going to see some guys in this Colorado lineup tonight that you're like, who is this guy? And maybe what we'll find out, depending how the game goes, is that mm-hmm. certain teams, and I'm thinking about teams like Colorado or Boston, uh, Pittsburgh in the past has been like this. They can just plug players into spots, and while – they want to get healthy, mm-hmm. and they've certainly got a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup if they're healthy. They can still win games because they've still got their leaders out there like Nathan McKinnon and Rantanen and Kel McCarr on defense, and they know how to play. They know the system. They're comfortable with it, and that's why good teams can survive bad injuries. Right, and you know they've got a few of them right now. Uh, and it's, you know, still, I think it's what's an 11-5-1 record going into tonight. They've also had tremendous goaltending, which we talked about with Connor McGahee. Uh, on the other side, by the way, if you haven't downloaded the Hour 2 podcast, is it up already? It's up and ready to go. Uh, Connor McGahee, Peter Galindo, live from Qatar for a Canada-Belgian preview. That's all available now, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, let's go to Denver now, joining us as he does every week on this program, Sportsnet's very own Dan Murphy here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Murph. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. I'm doing well. How are you guys today? Good. How has Denver treated you thus far? Uh, not bad. Got in a little late-ish. Like, I don't think we got to the hotel till maybe a little after 7. And it's, uh, it's about zero, a little chilly, but uh, it's a good town. Pretty pretty sunny. You know, I think over 300 days of sunshine a year. Uh, good sports town. I went to a ball game when I was covering uh, the Avs in the playoffs in the summer. And, uh, yeah, it's a really good stop for anyone if you're looking for a good spot to come. Have you been wearing any of your Seahawks gear around town? <laughs> I haven't, but I haven't been out there yet. I was I was going to bring some uh, Canada soccer gear, but there was nowhere really to display it because by the time the game's on, I'll be back hopefully in the room to catch uh, most of it or at least the second half after the Canucks skate. So 
Uh, I didn't even bring that. So no, no sporting gear for this, uh, for this trip. Right. Cause you guys are going to be at the rink today. There is, there is a Canucks game tonight, everyone, just to remind everyone seven o'clock from Denver. Uh, it's the Canucks and it's the Avs. And you got to look at some things yesterday before the, uh, when the team practiced before taking off to Denver, there's a couple new wrinkles in the lines. The, the, the defense largely stays the same. Uh, what did Bruce Boudreaux have to say in the aftermath about the wrinkles and the changes that he's made and what he's hoped to try to achieve here? Well, it'd be, you know, I tell you if I was actually at that skate, but I wasn't. Um, so I can't tell you what he said about that. But I mean, I think they're still just searching for answers, searching for ways to win games. And, you know, I don't think it's about the forward lines at this point. I mean, it's about finding a way to defend, which is, you know, been a storyline going on all season, going back into last season, if we're being honest. Um Last year, the defensive numbers were all because of you know Thatcher Demko. Basically, this is a team that um, has been terrible in its own end, and I, I think it's you know I, I don't know like I, the X's and O's. I'm not going to be able to tell people the the, the structure they're trying to play with. But when you look at the goals that were scored against them uh, by Vegas a couple of nights ago, you know it, it's true what Luke Shemis says. You need to compete. I mean the. Petrangelo goal, the way he went in untouched and and then went between Demko's legs, it was kind of silly to watch, and it was not, you know, unsurprising because we've seen it so often now. Um, it's a team that needs to compete in its own and better. I mean, it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy at this point. When they went up two goals, was there any Canucks fan that said, "Oh, this game's over"? No, no. And in fact, close. it was tied. You know, before the next TV timeout. And they could have been down a goal if not for the, uh, the you know the camera lens coming off of the glass. So um, you know I, I don't care which way you flip flop the lines around or how you're trying to balance up the scoring. That hasn't been the problem. They need to find a way to defend to insulate their goaltenders a little bit better. And I just don't know if they have the personnel at this point to do it. Murph, I remember uh, the Pittsburgh game and Luke Shen and Kyle Burroughs being really physical in that game and really taking mm-hmm. care of things in their own end. There was that famous clip of uh, Shen basically pushing Malkin out of the way in front of the net, and Malkin's a big boy. Kyle Burroughs was uh, physical as well and was taking hits to make plays. He's only played two games since then, and yeah. I don't understand what – Bruce Boudreaux is thinking when it comes to Kyle Burroughs. Like, I understand his hesitation to put Jack Rathbone in there. Rathbone has made some young player mistakes, and the Canucks are making enough mistakes that that, that I understand that. But I don't understand the decision to keep having Riley Stillman in over Kyle Burroughs. The only thing I can think of from a hockey perspective is that Kyle Burroughs shoots right and mm-hmm. Riley Stillman shoots left. Now, some people have said, well, maybe it's management telling Bruce Boudreaux to do this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, do they have a great relationship these days, management and the head coaching? Well, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, it may be one thing if they were winning games or playing well defensively with this current setup. Um, I think most Canucks fans want to see Kyle Burroughs play at this point. All he's done is, you know, punch above his weight class every game he's been in. And, in fact, you talk about that Pittsburgh game. The broadcasters were saying that's the most physical at that point that a team had played them uh, all season long. Um, I think he gives you that uh, identity of being tough to play against. You know, no one's going to say this guy's a top four defenseman, but he's done everything they've asked of him uh, and more. Um, he says the right things. He does the right things. He knows his limitations um, and he plays his guts out. Uh, and if the Canucks had been winning with this lefty righty 
and that's the hesitation, I say, okay, that's fine. But they haven't been. Uh, and there's no reason in my mind not to get the guy in one more time. You know, I, I don't think that uh, it's, this is an edict from above. I think when you get to this point, we've seen it before, the coach is going to make decisions that he thinks best helps the team win games, right? He's, he's still you know, coaching for his job. I mean, on a day-to-day basis. So I think this is a Bruce decision. So this, you know, I, I think the way this team's playing right now, there's plenty of blame to go around from, you know, management, not improving the defense, uh, some, you know, decisions like this by Bruce to not playing certain players and the players not executing. Uh, but I, I don't think there's been a message from above to play certain guys. And does the coach make a decision that he feels is best? And I think it's one that's fair to question. Do you think, and I know Bruce was asked about this um, after the last game, um, do you think he'll start to use Pedersen in more of a defensive shutdown role because the Horvat-Miller line in a shutdown role has not been all that successful? I think he should, um, and I think he has said he, I mean, he's done it before, right, but not uh, specifically in a matchup role, but he has played him against some of the best. I think wasn't the first game of the season, didn't he have Pedersen against McDavid? most of the shifts and I think Horvat sprinkled in a little bit. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a position that Patterson wants to play. Um, I think that we all realize he's their best defensive center. If you have Horvat, Pedersen and Miller all playing down the middle, I don't think there's a question about that. Um, now Horvat has, is dealt a lot of the toughs a lot of the times with defensive zone draws because he is still their best face off guy. And I don't blame uh, the coaching staff for doing that. But I would like to see Pedersen more of a matchup role. Um, he is uh, their best centerman at reading in the defensive zone, at anticipating, um, and I think he deserves a chance to to play that role. Uh, I'm not saying take it totally away from from Horvat. I do think that you need to you put him out there uh, in the defensive zone at times. But I think that Pedersen should get the opportunity to do it more than he has. Do you think we will see Curtis Lazar as a center? Uh, tonight against Colorado, Bruce Boudreaux, that's the way he had them practicing. Uh, mm-hmm. Lazar was between, I believe, Garland, and then Garland came down from the Horvat line, and Besser. Um, and he said, don't read too much into this, but it's hard not to read something into it when you've had the defensive issues that the Canucks have had, and then you make changes at center, and you just mm-hmm. wonder, like, is this something that they're going to do? Well, I, I think probably is something they're going to do, and and I'm all for um, having, uh, you know, if it if it all adds up to having Miller on the wing, I think this team's better when he's on the wing. Quite frankly, uh, at least offensively, uh, and likely defensively too, if we're being honest about things. So I don't mind if that's a play, and your bottom two centers then are Lazar and Oman. Um, but you know, at, at the beginning of the season, before Lazar got hurt. His, de- his defensive numbers weren't that great either. Um, but I think this is like, you know, the whole team is like this, right? Like the, the defensive numbers for pretty much anyone you put out there, maybe except for a couple, uh, are not great. So if having Lazar in the middle is going to help you in your own end, and it turns out that to be true, then yeah, by all means plan there because um, it's a group searching for answers uh, uh, of trying to keep the puck out of the night. You know, what I read something today, this morning, I think I'm going to get this right. The Canucks last shutout, I believe, was December 6th of last, last year. Uh, you know how many shutouts the Az have had in that time since their last shutout? No. At least one. Eight. Eight. Yeah, yes. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because we we just finished talking with Connor McGahee, the play-by-play voice of the Colorado yeah. Avalanche, talking about their goaltending. And he yeah. says, you know, rightfully so. He's like, it's been great. I think they've got a combined 928 save percentage between Francois and Georgiev. That's... This might be a matchup of the highest team save percentage versus the lowest, I but thinking, I, have to, yeah. I have to check that. It's, it's definitely in the conversation for it. Um, he was going back and forth about who might start for the Avs tonight. Um who starts for the Canucks tonight? <laughs> I mean, you could make the argument this is a Spencer Martin revenge game against his former franchise if you really, really wanted to play with the narratives. But look, I mean, one of the stories from that loss in Vegas was that once again, Thatcher Demko wasn't very good. Yeah. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Martin tonight. And then you're going to get uh, both of them uh, on the weekend, right? Back-to-back with Vegas and San Jose. Uh, Martin has he's been everything and more that they'd hoped for. Um, and I think everybody had hoped that Demko, the game in Boston, kind of propelled him in the right direction. He got the win against L.A., uh, and he did look very good through 40 minutes, uh, for the most part, against Vegas. And then, um, like the team in front of him, uh, things just got through him. Um, so, you know, in the past, in situations like this, I would say, you know, no, you got to go back to Demko. I think with the way that Martin's played, if they go with Martin, I would have no issue at all. Murph, great stuff today, bud. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. We appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the game tonight. Have a good one, and we will do this again next week. All right, boys. Enjoy the soccer game as well. Thank you. You too. That's uh, Dan Murphy on Sportsnet 650, a presentation of Freeway Mazda, Canada's number one consumer-rated Mazda dealer. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up the rest of the show and morning. Uh, First, we are giving away a four-pack of tickets for the watch party today at 11 o'clock. At the Hollywood Theater, Canada, Belgium, FIFA World Cup 2022. All you have to do to win is send in a what we learned. Hashtag it WWL and add a ticket emoji. Text to 650-650. What did you learn over the last 24 hours in sports? Uh, Coming up at 10 o'clock, we're going to be back on the air. That's right. We're doing two jobs today, Jason. Although they're pretty much the same job. But I'm going to call them different jobs. Okay. Different locations. That's true. We're going to be live on location from the aforementioned Hollywood Theater for the Sportsnet Soccer Show. That is the Halford and Bruff preview, the lead-in to Canada-Belgium from the World Cup in Qatar. Dan Riccio is going to join us in the 10 o'clock hour for some analysis and lineup previews for the match. At 10.30, right now as scheduled, one of the greatest Canadian soccer players of all time, John Catliff, is going to be joining the show uh, to talk about his memories, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a tough story for Catliff because he was part of that team that qualified for the only other World Cup that Canada's ever been in, mm-hmm. in 1986, but he suffered a knee injury really late in qualifying. Right. He actually uh, exited the team. The guy that took his spot, if I got the story right, and we'll get John to confirm, was George Pecos from Victoria who scored the goal that sent Canada to the World Cup right. against Honduras. So it's a really interesting story. Do you know who John Catliff was attached to at that time? Who who His club team is listed. I do know this. Uh, Harvard University. Right. And he was one of the few players that was, and, and honestly, it, it was a college team, but at that time it was Harvard, and it was a pretty prominent program. Right. He was one of the more established international guys <laughs> Go back and look at the roster. So many of the guys just didn't have clubs. Yeah, uh, Victoria Athletic Association. Yep, there that was, was a- Pecos, right? Yes, that's and right. And there were other guys that were like, "You Vic, yeah. I play for you no, Vic." That, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And then I think I can't remember off the top of my head, but like four or five guys were playing just scattered across Europe. Well, there were a bunch that were indoor soccer. 
That's true as well. Like it's, Tino Letteri was uh, one of the guys. He might have been Tacoma Stars, but one of the guys Tacoma was Star. the Tacoma Stars. Like that was his club team. That was his club team going in indoor soccer. So I'm very excited to talk to Catliff and kind of reminisce about all of this coming up at 10 o'clock and 10.30 live from the Hollywood Theater. So I'm getting caught up with everything that's going on here. Uh, coming up on the show... We're going to do some what we learns and ask us anything. Hey, Doug, you look like you're you're waiting to speak. What? No, I'm just <laughs> reveling in my new spot here. So <laughs> we had there's to send. Been a, there's been a change, and I, I fear change. We had to send Greg, aka Laddie, down to the Hollywood Theater to set up for the live show. So that means Andy gets bumped up to Laddie's chair, and we now have Cam Barra, the program director here, behind the glass as well. He does not have a dog themed nickname. No, so it's, and I'm not going to come up with one on the spot. I just I'm not going to go there. I'll do a quick what we learned. Yes, please do. Uh, my what we learned is Zach Wilson, the quarterback for the New York Jets, will not start. So you just learned this. Sunday's this just happened. Sunday's game versus the Chicago Bears, and there has been all sorts of talk about this surrounding Zach Wilson, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. Um, during a team meeting minutes ago, Jets players were informed of this decision. Um, he did not play well against, was it the Patriots? 10-3 loss to the Patriots in which he finished with 77 passing yards and then afterwards did not yes. take responsibility. When asked, do you feel like you let your defense down because your defense gave up, you know, three points yeah. against the Patriots? He said, no, no, he did the Jim Rutherford. No, 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 no. Don't feel let down. And there were all sorts of uh, crazy sports takes about Zach Wilson throughout the week. Yes. Uh, was it Booger McFarland? I, I can't even, like, Booger. Bo Booger, Booger McFarland, yeah, now what, working for ESPN. Yeah. Was, was saying, like, uh, because Zach Wilson grew up with money and with privilege that he's never learned to deal with, like, accountability. And adversity, yeah. And adversity. Yeah. And uh, RG3 was on that panel, and <laughs> the face he made was like, Booker just stepped in it, right? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I think it was a ridiculous take, but right now we're talking about a kid that was the second overall draft pick, right? It went Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, yep. and both of these guys have struggled, let's be honest, at times. Wilson doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. No. Lawrence has flashes. Yes. Wilson has not had, quite frankly, any of them. Well, Wilson was the bigger reach. Trevor Wilson, Lawrence, everyone knew he was Wilson going was first a massive overall. Reach. Yeah. He really only played himself into prominence in that last year, which I will remind you was a very janky COVID year. Where remember BYU went on that crazy undefeated streak, but prior to that, his biggest claim to fame was being the MVP of the Idaho Potato Bowl. I'm not making this up. Yeah, um, he was. Je he just kind of rose to stardom, and I think a lot of people talked themselves into it, including the New York Jets, because mm -hmm. he had all the attributes that you want from a starting quarterback. He's 6'2", he's 214. Uh, he had some athleticism. It looked like he had enough uh, arm ability to make all the throws necessary. But what we're seeing is, one, doesn't deal with adversity well, and two, whatever promise he had has not replicated itself against the highest-end NFL competition. So in World Cup action currently on, if you're recording these games, this is a spoiler alert. I'm not going to give spoiler alerts all the time, but no. sometimes I will. Spain has gone up 2-0 on Costa Rica uh, really early. Quick. By the really way, one texter suggested Cam Barca, and I really like that for the dog theme. Hey, guess oh, what? Oh, that's not bad. You Cam Barca. Got, hey, Barca, you just got a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Everything is dog-related on our show as it comes to behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay, um, you did mention Spain up 2-0 on Costa Rica disturbingly early in the match if you're a Costa mm -hmm. Rican supporter. I know that the two biggest upsets of the tournament 
That's the Saudis beating the Argentinians and the Japanese beating the Germans. Those had the underdogs coming from one goal behind to win. So I'm not putting this out of the realm of possibility, but I it, am. it is one-way traffic <laughs> right now. Every time you look up, Spain is, as they say it, Jason, on the front foot. Right. I know that's one of your favorite soccer uh, cliches. I like, on the, I like the one where they say they're playing with their tails up in the, the air. The Spanish tails are Because I just am, up. imagine a bunch of cats out there. Or just, dogs. Do dogs do that? Some dogs They have wag their tails. Cats, when they're happy, they have their tails up. Okay. Well, whatever the case, uh, I feel like we're breaking down the wrong part of this conversation. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's go further into this. Uh, <laughs> By the way, we've got a, we've got a couple minutes, so I want to do a quick movie review here because yeah, I, sure. I I know we've done this before, and we were talking about Zach Wilson and and, and quarterback and and uh, um, the opposite of him would I guess be uh, Kurt Warner. You saw the movie, didn't I you? Saw, I saw the movie. It was on TV the other day. Oh my god. And I was kind of in a half nap while I was watching it because it was during the day, and that's what you do yeah. when you have a sports radio show early in the morning. Uh, wow, that was a cheesy one. You don't that, say. That was a real cheesy one. And yet, at the end of it, I was like, I didn't cry, but I was like, way to go, Kurt Warner. He did it. <laughs> Why am I look- getting so emotional? <laughs> he seems like a pretty good guy. In the movie, he seemed like a good guy. I don't know if it's a completely accurate. But Acting. like. <laughs> no, but he adopted he, ado- he adopted some kids and then had a bunch more and like he he yeah, he's just like his story actually is in all honesty it was played up to it was a little schmaltzy for me but like are you his serious sto- a Hollywood movie was played up for schmaltz factor well his his story is actually really is incredible oh, it is. like not that he just went from a guy who didn't get drafted and then was stocking shelves at the grocery store and then went to the arena league and was playing in, you know, like what, mm-hmm. you know, was commonly referred to as like the circus, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's not that he just went from that to playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Even if he were just be a starting quarterback, you could probably make a movie about that. Yep. He went from doing all that to being the MVP and the Super Bowl MVP and going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he had the two careers. Yeah. Three, if you count the uh, shelf stocking, but it was uh, the one that he had with the Rams mm-hmm. and the one they had with the Cardinals. Yeah, he went to the Super Bowl with the Cardinals it's, as well. It's a crazy story. So just keep that very uh, encouraging Ooh, and inspiring. Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid is Dick Vermeil. Now I have to watch it. He's um, so handsome. Whoever was Mike Martz was pretty good in it. Was it Animal uh, House level or not quite? Or? It wasn't Animal House level, but okay, just keep it. Chance Kelly. Okay. Can you, can you just. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. IMDb being live on the air. Think of the underdog. <laughs> it's going to go through the That's whole roster. What, the movie was called American Underdog. Think about today, Canadian Underdog. Wow, Anna As, Paquin was oh in this. She won an Oscar. <laughs> You're listening to the Halford and Ruff Show on Sportsnet. Why? I don't know. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. Eight thirty-one on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, hour three of the program is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We mentioned hour three. Yes. We're coming to you live from the Kintech studio. That's what. Yes. That's what. Yes. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit 
at Kintech.net. Latest from Qatar, we've got our first early blowout of the tournament. Uh, Spain is running rampant over Costa Rica right now. It is 3-0 for the Spaniards after 30 minutes of play. Uh, I believe it was Danny Olmo opened the scoring in the 11th minute. 10 minutes later, it was Marco Asensio. And then 10 minutes after that, it was Ferran Torres from the penalty spot. Um, I don't want to say this out loud, but this is a CONCACAF qualifier going up against a very highly touted European opponent in the opening match. Unsigned what we learned. Unsigned what we learned. We don't want to be Costa Rica. Okay, this is bad. Just for Costa Rica, they, they are being thoroughly outclassed right now. Say what you will about the other blowout of the group stage thus far, and that was England's 6-2 victory over yeah, Iran. we won CONCACAF, man. We won. Costa Rica had to beat – they had to go through the qualification. They didn't even qualify like Canada. They had to go and beat New Zealand after yeah, that. Come yeah. on, let's not compare ourselves to Costa Rica. I'll just say this. Um, this is a lot different from that aforementioned England-Iran match because – that was scoreless after 35 minutes. The English, although they were dominating territorially and possession-wise, it was still nil-nil. It was scoreless after 30 minutes because the goalie was hurt for 20 of it. doesn't matter. It, it still does. Was, it still, they it were, they were still even playing the game. It was still goalless. <laughs> um, but look, this was, I mean, this is three, three goals in the first 30 minutes of action. This is, this is rough for Costa Rica, to be honest. And I, you know, I don't anticipate a comeback of, of any sort of significance here. But stranger things have happened. The Saudis did beat Argentina earlier. But anyway, that's your update from Qatar. 3-0 for Spain over Costa Rica. Uh, this is going to be a long afternoon or evening for the Costa Ricans. And whatever, because it all really comes down to a few hours from now, two and a half hours away from kickoff between Canada and Belgium, 11 o'clock from Qatar, I anticipate that we will get lineups somewhere in the neighborhood between 9 and 10 a.m. our time. Right, that's usually when it drops. It's roughly anywhere between two to one hours. You ahead. tell me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't I'm know when soccer you. lineups drop. Just nod and just say yes, Mike. Uh-huh. That, is, that is when the starting eleven is it eleven? That's correct. Go up the there. Starting 11. Right. See, he says he doesn't know anything about this. Yeah, sport. can a guy wearing that jacket? Not know anything about Canadian soccer. It's impossible. You know, I don't know if Canada is going to go out win a three four three or a three four two one. But you know, nice. I just I just want them to be successful out there. There's Jason Bruff, soccer talking guy. Okay, uh, fire up the dot matrix. It is humanoid submission time for what we learns. Hashtag MWWL. A reminder. If you want to win a four-pack of tickets to the watch party, which is at 11 o'clock this morning, you can get there earlier. Uh, send your what we learned, hashtag at WWL, and add a ticket emoji. You'll be entered into the draw. What we learned, Japan and Saudi Arabia have a better chance at winning the World Cup than the Canucks do at winning three straight this season. Yeah, that's something the Canucks haven't done yet. No. They nearly did it when they had a 4-2 lead over Vegas, uh, and then and then they didn't. And then they didn't. They've right. had two opportunities to win their third straight. At least they, you know, in the previous opportunity, they were just outclassed by New Jersey. They didn't give yeah. they didn't give the fans much hope. They're no. like, yeah, New Jersey's better. But this one they did give the fans some hope. Mm-hmm. But then they did what they do so well, and that's blow a multi goal lead. Um, I, I I can't remember what it, Saudi Arabia's odds to win the group went from astronomically high to just high. Yeah. After they beat. Argentina, because now I mean, you look at the odds and statistics in the group. They got a decent chance of winning the group now. Amazingly, mm-hmm. that was obviously going to be their most difficult match of the round, and now you're looking at it and saying, "Oh, stranger things have happened." Uh, what we learned. This is from Tyler, who wants to be at today's event, but unfortunately, he has to work. Mm-hmm. What we learned 
You could say Russell Wilson is flushing this season away. Hashtag dad pun. There's also a toilet emoji in there. I am now very invested in whether or not Russell Wilson can throw more touchdown passes than he has bathrooms in his house. 12 bathrooms. It's 12, and he's at seven right now. Seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns, yeah. Why does a home, even a gargantuan mansion, why would it have 12 bathrooms? Because the help need the bathrooms as well. Are you sure? I don't know. What's the bathroom to bedroom (laughs) ratio here? I feel like that's I think it's just a big house. 12 bathrooms seems extravagant, does it not? Oh, oh, do Russell Wilson and Sierra Not extravagant, ever, wrong do they, word. Do they ever strike you as extravagant? Excessive. <laughs> excessive was the oh, word. Oh, do they ever strike you as excessive? Yeah. Um, we got what we learned here from Do you Ru- think Russ's uh, lime green tuxedo is going to go into the Football Hall of Fame ever? No, it was Kyler Murray. No, no, no. no the no, lime no, green tuxedo. No, Russ. Russ no, 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 no. Russell had the dental green tuxedo. Oh, okay. That was the difference. And sunglasses. Kyler Murray had. That'll be hanging in Canton one day. Kyler Murray had a suit that looked like it was designed by Ellen DeGeneres and Jim Carrey from The Mask. That's what it. <laughs> you might say it was smoking. It was. God. You know what? I respect That's it. That's pretty good. I respect it. I was going to say something, but deep down, I respect it. That's a dad joke right there. Yeah. You made a good one. Okay. Uh, Ryan in Yaletown. Hashtag WWL what we learn. Uh, Ryan got up early to catch up on work. Sure you did. And wound up watching the end of an amazing Japan-Germany game. Goodbye productivity for the next couple of weeks. It's very easy to become World Cup intoxicated. Very easy. Because all it took was a couple of matches where the... You know what it is, honestly? The, The closest North American comparison I can draw on in terms of fever and casual fans getting invested is March Madness. And I think it, sure. I think yeah, it has to do. Comparison. I think it has to do with the fact that uh, it's not one and done, do or die like March Madness games. But there's the underdogs and favorites. There's the minnows and the whales. There's all that stuff. Who right? is Canada in March Madness? Saint Peter's, right now. They are Saint Peter's. Peter's. Yeah, uh, they're the one that went on that miracle run in the in the tournament this last past year. That's my hope that they're going to be. The I Saint think that's Peter's. Saudi Arabia. That's going to be Canada. Canada's going to go farther. But I, I think I think here's here's my take. Okay. I think Canada is a big school that we've all heard about, but doesn't have a good basketball program usually. Man, now we need to come up with an That's equivalent. That's a tough one. This is a tough Are one. Are we like Auburn or something? No. I don't even know. We're not Auburn. Not Auburn? <laughs> I don't know what did we Did Barkley play for Auburn? He did. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that's not it's a we're not. It has right? To, we're going to have to think about this one. Iona? It's a foot, <laughs> it has to be a football school, though. I feel yeah, like a, it does have to be a football school because it's a hockey country. Because it's a get, hockey yeah, country. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be a football school. So I don't know if basketball Phil's out there. He, he would know this sort of stuff. He'd be like, okay, yeah, this is a good. Basketball Phil, please help us do our job. I mean, Can are they please? UW? No. 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 No, no. No, no. No, no. It has to be a school with such a prominent football program and a literally unheard of basketball program. Right. Like that, it just started playing basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Alabama have, isn't typically ladders. Alabama isn't typically. No, it has to I can't I we Good may Lord. not find the right comparison here unfortunately. But we're going to waste time doing it. Yes, we are. Uh what we learned unsigned so it must be from Gary. I learned that in the end the FIFA rankings mean almost as much as the FIFA transparency commission. That's a very soccer depth joke. The Transparency Commission is hilarious because the organization is rife with corruption and bribery. The FIFA rankings have never really been an accurate reflection of teams in their international standings. The The points are very convoluted. 
Um, it feels like you can jank and jig the system in a variety of ways. The fact that Qatar was a top 50 team, and then you watch them play in the opener, and you're like, Ugh. I've got it. We're Duke. Yeah? We're Duke. Duke is really good at college basketball. We're really good at hockey. Yeah. Duke's football team is terrible. Sure. I mean, it could be like UConn at that. God, that I wish we weren't too. Duke. Like, I don't want to be Duke. Duke. I don't want to be Duke. I want to change it. I think UConn's almost as good. But we could be, if you put it this way, if Gonzaga basketball was Canada hockey, then Gonzaga football would be Canada soccer. That's a basketball fill one. Are we just ruining whatever momentum we were building up? They're like, they're not even talking about soccer now. Now they're talking about college basketball programs and fledgling football programs. Uh, Jordan from Saskatoon, with how this season is going to prevent any kind of damage to these players' development, why don't the Canucks send Podkolzin, Hoaglander, and Rathbone, Rathbone down to the AHL, let them play big minutes, and hopefully help their development? The current energy structure and direction of this team isn't uh, an atmosphere of positive energy that will aid these players in any way. I I would not be surprised if the Canucks right now are worried about the development environment around some of these players. Rathbone. But, Rathbone. But I've been very surprised that Rathbone has just stuck around being a healthy scratch. You know, they talk a lot about Shane Wright down in Seattle. Well, he can't go to the AHL without being on a conditioning stint and they don't really want to send them down to junior mm-hmm. because it's just, I don't know, there's not as much to gain at junior, I feel. It's not professional hockey. No, and he's probably, outgrown it, Shane, right? he's, he's probably outgrown it. He's probably outgrown it, but I just, I can't, for, there's a couple decisions that the Canucks are making that I, I can't wrap my head around. They're not the most major decisions in the world, uh, but on a day-to-day basis, I don't know why Rathbone is still with the team if he's not going to play. And I don't know while Kyle Burrows doesn't get into the lineup while Riley Stillman gets chance after chance. Uh, on the subject of Shane Wright, he made his American Hockey League debut last night for the Kraken's affiliate and scored on a breakaway. So he got in an opportunity. He can only play five games. He's being hamstrung by rules here, and so are the Kraken. I don't really get the Rathbone thing at all. It feels very counterintuitive to his development. How many times have you pointed out in any conversation that we've had about Rathbone, one, how important he is to this team organizationally because they have no defensive prospects, and then two, how sideways his development went during the COVID years. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have a traditional trajectory to begin with because he played high school hockey a lot lot longer than most prospects do. We always say go to his hockey DB page and count up the number of games that he's actually played mm-hmm. he's got a very short hockey tv profile he doesn't have a lot of professional experience period whether it's at the nhl or hl level uh this is from rager what we learned is bruff will finally be able to change his twitter profile from the most painful cringe to a pure sports happiness smile when canada pulls off the incredible nil nil draw versus belgium there was another guy who texted in about my Canada jacket. Yeah. And he says, um, if Canada loses this, I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing, I've lost sure. the text. It's Bruff's fault because he's wearing his Canada jacket. And my Canada jacket, I think the last time I wore it, was probably the World Juniors game where they lost to Finland. Finland. Oh, no. And yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. And that's how my Twitter, think about that. That's how my Twitter With profile, Twitter profile that's right. came to be. Yeah, it was like me getting caught on camera okay, so follow, looking very worried. Yes. Follow-up question then. What were you thinking? <laughs> that is a cursed... 
uniform. I'm not ready to consider it a cursed jacket after one loss. Okay, because mm-hmm. so be multiple losses. If Canada wins today, then it's 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 good. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's, if it's, Canada gets blown out today, I'll retire the jacket. We'll burn the jacket. You, yeah, at and, the Hollywood and, and Theater. It. Honestly, it, well actually, maybe you not. Know what? That would be not great. The theater. You guys yeah. burning flags? Yeah. You're like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> this show is burning down to your theater. The show did we knew on fire. We knew they would happen eventually, but the show did take the turn we expected. This jacket is actually a hundred and ten percent polyester, so it's gonna go up real quick. I was going to say, like, no one's allowed to have any open flames around Bruff for the, re- yeah. for the remainder. Of the- Even bright lights at this point yeah. are kind of a danger. I don't want to surprise you, but this did not cost $600. Yeah, it's got the tag on the outside of the sleeve. I don't think that's the the maker. It says, stay weird and shine on. That's, that's what it says. That's about right. Okay, yeah. uh, here's from Yash in Mount Pleasant. Hashtag WWL, what we learned meritocracy is hard to come by in the NHL with Stillman getting chance after chance to redeem himself because of management's incompetence of a second round pick capped up. Meanwhile, Burroughs is literally the best defenseman on the ice, not named Hughes on the nights that he plays, but he gets benched. There's a lot going on in this one. Yash, we've talked at length about the Stillman decision and more specifically the omission of Kyle Burroughs. And we don't really seem to be getting a ton of explanations for it. Um, and you said, you know, I think both of us by nature are not really like constantly critiquing lineup guys. There's yeah. those guys out there. Like you're making all the wrong decisions. This guy should be playing there. Play the kids, but don't play the kids. Right. You know, play m- the veterans that we like large. Yeah. <laughs> do what I want. But I think that the reality of it is this decision, which is small in scale, like to be fair, Riley Stillman's not the decider on this team. He's not the one and the sole purpose for them winning or quite frankly, losing all these games, but it's a decision that just kind of defies logic and explanation other than handedness, right? There's so many reasons to put Kyle Burroughs in the lineup. His underlying numbers are so much better than Riley Stillman's. Um, he, we're, we're talking about a team that we hear over and over, we've got to be harder to play against. We've got to be harder in the blue paint. We've got to be more physical. Mm-hmm. He's your second most physical defenseman. Yeah. I mean, that's what's very bizarre. Right? It's weird. Yeah. It's I, just we- It's actually weird. Yeah. And we haven't had a terrific explanation about it yet. Uh, that Gary, with an early Ask Us Anything, do you guys have a favorite old sports moment you watch on replay to make yourselves feel better? Track and field sprints, relays, and mid-distance races are great for this. High tension and drama in four minutes or less. I must have watched Donovan Bailey and the gold medal 4x100 oh, team dozens of times. That's really interesting. I guess you do get the... Not a long video, because mm-hmm. we all have the attention span of gerbils now, but uh, just enough so it keeps your attention, and then it, it builds to the crescenzo of the end, the win. I do, I, I do that once in a while. Um, you know what I watched the other day was all the goals from England's 5-1 win over Germany. And that's a good one. And I'm trying to get myself hyped up for the World Cup. I was trying to find old Canada games. No, that's tough. They're not out that's there. That's really difficult. It's, it's, it's really difficult to find yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. On and a you su- know what? There haven't been many inspiring ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, there hasn't, especially not the World Cup. Um, I'll say this. Uh, not In this similar vein, but um, one thing that's really taken social media by storm right now is uh, a lot of the anthems for a variety of reasons at the World Cup. Wales but, was so good. Yeah, and um, I think... You know, it's going to be a really seminal moment for Canada. Mm-hmm. At they, it's been so long since they've been, and you know that throughout qualifying, if you haven't seen it, uh, the players 
locked arm in arm, they don't just sing the national anthem. They belt out the national anthem. Like yeah. It is full-throated. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I was watching an interview with Dane St. Clair, who's now the backup goalie on the team. And uh, EK, or sorry, um, Ismail Kone, the young uh, CF Montreal midfielder. Yeah. And he got called into the World Cup qualifying midway through. And he said he didn't realize how much it meant to all the guys and how much pride they had until he stood there and watched them sing the anthem. And he's like, these guys were like almost on the verge of like tears. Like they were so yeah. moved and motivated by it. That is a World Cup thing. It's just, and, and you know, uh, to take the other edge of this conversation, the other side of this conversation, for Iran to make the stand and not sing the national anthem was almost as powerful as anybody singing it, perhaps more so. So enjoy those moments in the World Cup. Like if you're not familiar with the tournament or you've never really paid much attention to it, one, that's understandable because Canada hasn't been in it in 36 years. And two, um, it's not not your jam, right? It's not your thing. Yeah. Pay attention to all the pageantry and the show. And even though all of the corruption and all of the human rights atrocities do not deserve to be ignored by any stretch of the imagination. Think of some of the journeys that these guys have been on. Right. For a lot from of the Canadian Alf- players. Alfonso Davies, where he was born, he comes to Canada. He finds this country there he can that encourages him to be excellent mm-hmm. and gives him this opportunity where he's playing in the World Cup. And some guys like uh there's some guys that are um Who's the defender that we always talk about that you like? I, I just uh, lost his name right now. Alistair Johnson. Alistair Johnson. That guy, mm-hmm. what, three or four years ago was playing oh, his, like rec football. His his career arc is wild because yeah. he never featured for any of these national teams as a youth. Mm. And it's, it is it is a really great team. I mean, Alfonso Davies was born in a refugee camp and is now playing for Bayern Munich and representing Canada on the biggest sporting stage. And it's an awesome thing. So Look at the bra- faces of these players. That's mm. Canada. And we had the same conversation with the Olympics, to be perfectly honest, is that we always felt like the, the athletes were going to be the ones that were most hard done by because of all the political strife going in to Beijing and to China. Mm-hmm. And the, the athletes have done nothing other than work their asses off for the last four years in both respective cycles to get to that point. Yeah, Alfonso Davies, what was he, 12 years old when this was awarded to Qatar and Russia or um, yeah. 10 years old, <laughs> right? He's like, that, like he, yeah. didn't, he didn't, he wasn't actually instrumental in the decision. He didn't have a vote. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, and, uh, he wasn't on FIFA's Exco. Like he had nothing to do with it. I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we've that's got, a, that's really on us really to bring up the issues. It is. It's, it's on the media and the fans to bring up uh, the issues. And if the players want to, yeah, they can. But, uh, you know, I, I, don't think, I don't think we need to put the, the pressure on these athletes to, to, to constantly speak up on these issues yeah. when, you know, constantly. They can do it once in a while, and you, you like to see it once in a while. You like to see athletes that are interested in the world around them. Yeah. But right now, like, my focus is on Canada playing at a World Cup. It is going to be so much fun. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for the yeah. anthem. I can't wait to see how the Canadians respond, good or bad. I'm nervous about it. Yeah. I want them to be at their best on the world stage. Hundreds of millions of people will be watching this game today. Yeah, and you know, I, I know that we're probably belaboring this point, but you know, what the hell? You're listening to the Halford and Breff show on Sports at six fifty. Uh, I understand everyone's consternations and concerns with this tournament, but I'm trying to speak from the most genuine and authentic uh, way imaginable, and I, I'm I get genuinely excited for this. This dates all the way back to when I was a kid and a teenager. I remember when the World Cup came to the U.S. in 1994. I remember it distinctly. I remember it was unbelievable that. 
what felt like it wasn't tangible and was never going to be something that you could experience. It was right there. It's Soldier Field and at USC and, and all these like big, you know, very famous North American stadiums. And Giant was, stadium. Right. And it was there. And I remember thinking this great global event that's drawing people from quite literally everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And they're all coming to celebrate the game, the sport, the tournament, and all the great stories that come from it. I mean, we're a handful of days in, and you've already got one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history. I guess stuff's great, right? It's fun to watch. It's unique. You don't a lot of the stuff that we do. You see time and time again. Like all due respect to the Canucks at seven o'clock at the, the Avalanche tonight. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's eighty two games in a season. This comes around once every four years, and you want to embrace it. And you want to feel like you're a part of it. And for the first time in 36 years, Canada's actually a part of it. Like, I don't think I've seen Halford this excited about. I don't get excited about much. You, you don't really get excited. And sometimes I, I, I make fun of you and sometimes. criticize you and say, like, hey, man, show some passion because, you know, we have a sports radio show. But I understand why the grind of it sometimes. Like, you're doing the same. Like, Halford doesn't care about, you know. Riley Stillman over Kyle Burroughs. He really cares deeply. Your your heart of hearts. You don't. You don't. You're not. It's not keeping you up at night, right? If they just change places yeah. every day, I'd be like, that's happy. Halford's fair. attitude is like, ah, Bruff will worry about that. Drance will worry about that. I've. I'm gonna watch some like soccer, right? Soccer. Like this is this is your this is your moment. This is something you might that call I, it my World Cup. All right, I, <laughs> we can't say that on the air. <laughs> What's the phrase that we're gonna use? <laughs> the human chalice? No, the soccer, global, the soccer global chalice. Global nah. chalice? Global chalice is decent. Global goblet? Global. Uh, that's hard to say. Open wide for some soccer! <laughs> that's what we're going to do at the theater today. Even though we said no fire, we're going to light a bunch of soccer balls on fire and just shoot them <laughs> out into the crowd. Uh, oh, and a few people have texted this one in, including Chet and Burnaby, hashtag WWO, what we learned. Uh, I know very little about soccer, Chet writes, but if Canada beat Japan and Japan beat Germany, does that mean that Canada is better than Germany? The answer short is yes. Yeah. That's how science works. That's how math works as far as I understand it. So thank you to all of you who sent that in. Do we have a winner for the tickets or are we still, no, we're still sorting through. Well, sifting most people through? as they enter realize, Oh wait, it's in an hour and we can't really, you know, it's that's fair enough. Plan your day around it with an hour to go. It's I can't kinda, wait to go difficult. to this. Wait a minute. I'm at work. Yes. <laughs> people didn't think through. I don't think they also got excited. They got Their heart is in the right place. They got caught up in the excitement and I can understand why. So we're going to dip out of here, but not for long in just over an hour, starting at 10 o'clock across the Rogers Sportsnet radio network. We're going to be doing the Sportsnet Soccer Show, the Halford and Bruff, along with Richo, our our preview for Canada-Belgium from the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. That's coming up at 10 o'clock. Again, we're going to be at the Hollywood Theater in Vancouver on Broadway. Uh, If you want to try and get into the watch party, tickets are going to go available to the general public at 9 o'clock Pacific, so just a handful Mm -hmm. of minutes. And if you can text us in the next 10 minutes, there's a four-pack waiting for you, so just text in, give us your email, they're yours. And if you do have tickets, get there before 11 a.m. If you don't have tickets and you aren't able to get tickets, you might still be able to get in. We just don't know what the ratio of people that got their tickets and are going to use their tickets, but we got to let all the people in that have tickets. And then after 11 a.m., if you don't have tickets, we'll slowly start letting you in. We got to get out of here for now, but we'll be back in an hour to do something that I didn't think I'd ever be doing, talking about Canada going to the World Cup and playing in a match against Belgium. It's the first time in 36 years. So if nothing else, everybody, just sit back, relax, and try and enjoy the experience without too much sports nervousness. For now, I got to go. We got to go. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. Laddie's down at uh, the Hollywood Theater. He's been A-Dog. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.
Time now. Upgrade that car. You're working seven days a week.